Dog Bless You is all about celebrating the love we have for our dogs, which is why I cannot think of a better sponsor for the podcast than our friends at Button Up Box. As well as delivering fresh, healthy meals for dogs that are made with 60% meat, 40% vegetables and lentils, and absolutely no nasties, Button Up Box also genuinely cares about all dogs and their humans. In fact, everything they do is for the love of dogs. And our listeners can fetch 50% off their first two Button Up Boxes by visiting buttonupbox.com slash dogblessyou. That's buttonupbox.com slash dogblessyou to get 50% off your first two boxes. Thank you so very, very much to Button Up Box. And welcome to Dog Bless You, the podcast about rescue dogs, the Wild at Heart Foundation charity, and our love of dogs in general. I'm your host, Nikki Tibbles, and in this series, we'll speak to people about their experiences with their companions and how a dog can change your life for the better. But we'll also hear some harrowing stories about the lives of some dogs here in the UK and around the world. And more importantly, we'll tell you how you can help end that. But for now, let's meet today's guest. Today, my guest is my hero, David Gandhi. Not only is he an extraordinary model, as we all know, but an entrepreneur, columnist, and fortunate enough for me to be able to say an ambassador for Wild at Heart Foundation, and of course, the incredible Battersea Cats and Dogs Home. Welcome, David. Hi. Thank you, Nikki. Uh, uh, I mean, you're hero. Don't be silly. Uh, you're my hero. If I, if I can achieve what you have with uh, Wild at Heart, then I, I would be very, very happy. We are so extraordinarily grateful for your continued support and all that you do for us and the foundation and, of course, the, the amazing work you do with Battersea. You, you and I know so much about the global problem and of stray dogs in our world which is why you work so tirelessly with with us and Battersea and I mean we we are heading for an absolute shitstorm with this puppy pandemic I mean I I read an article a couple of days ago that people who have got um you know dogs in lockdown mm everyone wants a puppy um you know we we've got 600 million stray dogs out there that if we could only get them here we could supply the pre-covid demand of 800,000 pedigree dogs that this country buys every year you know we could supply that very easily if everyone wants a dog and they want want it now and these are people that you know you know how hard it is with Battersea and you know with us at the foundation that it's not easy to adopt a dog because we make people really think about what they're doing we make sure that people are able to take care of know how to we provide 24-hour support aftercare all of those things that you need when you adopt a dog but we know that when you buy a puppy or a dog from a breeder or a puppy mill you know none of that sort of you know help and support will come with the ownership of a dog and we also know how unscrupulous breeders are and we also know that there is a huge market out there right now for puppy mill bred dogs and i i read this article that you know one in five dogs in lockdown have not actually been walked outside or socialized with other dogs yeah and everyone wants a puppy i mean we have people applying to the foundation for a dog and of course we we can't get a dog quickly enough but if you or i went online right now and wanted a cockapoo or a multipoo or a french bulldog or something we could probably go to a service station this afternoon and take our pick you know so we are heading for for a a crisis, I believe, you know, so, soon. Uh, I, I don't ever deny people wanting a dog. Me and you know um, the love and the benefits that a dog brings to, to exactly. families, yeah. to um, 
to people, uh, you know, sort of, um, uh, sort of mental health of people and dogs, of course, it can help. Um, yeah, and that, that, huge that, 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 That's another issue, mental health and pandemics and uh, the effect that's going to have. Um, so I'm never going to deny people, but dogs, as, as we all know, Nikki, they, as I always sort of say to people, they are a huge responsibility. And I always say to people that, when you have a child, that child grows up to be either to be more independent, more independent, more independent. Until one you know, one day they're they're not you know they're not dependent anymore. Dogs aren't that. They are dependent on you from the first day you have them till the very sad you know the, the last day. And they look for warmth and they look for attention and they look to be fed. And there's only you can do that. You know that that, that is you. And they are a huge responsibility. It's why I, I I've always wanted dogs, but I didn't get Dora until four years ago and that was when um you know i was in the relationship uh, with, with stephanie like i am now and we talked about it and we thought yes we could work at this together and provide a good life for a dog but we only have one because our lives are still busy at the yes. so um we took that responsibility you know quite quite serious and that's what i that's what i tell people but i think people have if i'm totally honest have gone have the common sense has left people in pandemic and there's a selfishness that i i that we are lonely i'm lonely that we we are going to be in this situation forever which we're not and we want a dog um I, i've i've never seen so many puppies in i live in southwest london i think i've never seen so many in my life it's um and everything on instagram is my new puppy my new puppy and it doesn't okay. seem to be even though the news is you know there are have been articles and the people are saying about this problem um and about you know, please be aware that of what you're buying you know it's it's not a dog is forever not all the thing a dog is forever not just in lockdown i know and still i'm just seeing more and more people a lot of them i know buying puppets a lot of them are responsible owners and they will be incredible owners and i think they have taken this opportunity to to uh to get a dog and there's nothing wrong with that but i but i am going to see a problem where people are going back to work and they won't have time for their dog anymore um and, and, that's, and that's how how are we going to handle that? I mean, you know, sort of, I guess, you know, Battersea, the Dogs Trust, RSPCA, you know, all the various rescues that in, are around the country are going to be inundated with with dogs. And also at the moment, you know, you can go on to um, people who have adopted dogs that no longer w want them or can care for them. You can get a dog on Craigslist and Gumtree so easily yeah. and I think that really is going to be a, a big problem mo moving forward you know I, I really do and and I don't I don't know how also you know how to help or how what we can do to sort of make people because we we do like you you so brilliantly and correctly said you know we all benefit you and I know the benefits of having dogs in our lives because you know that and especially with children you know and 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 especially right now when we can spend more time with our dogs and more time with our children and we're at home and you know of course the benefits are phenomenal especially for our mental health and education and all of those things but you know like again you so rightly say you know everyone right now is only thinking about the pandemic and there is no end in sight but there will be an end it's not going to be like this forever mm. and when people do go back to work and go on holidays and all of the things that will come back to us i hope in a different way otherwise this all of this pain will have been for nothing what are they going to do with with their dogs it's, it is it is quite a worry you know it's it's yeah. don't, I, something i do worry about especially as you and i also know that you know there are a phenomenal amount of stray dogs in this world in need of loving homes and that's globally and you know with the pandemic of course you know there are more and more dogs on the streets in throughout europe in every country that's suffering and these dogs are suffering more because restaurants are closed people are in lockdown so there's no food for them there's no care that you know that's not operating at full capacity shelters are full people aren't adopting and of course you know the recent news with brexit that you know we're finding it harder to bring dogs over from you know you know all our dogs come from abroad that that it's now harder to bring them over anyway and also people don't want to wait 
you know, a lot of people don't want to wait for a dog. They want it now. It's that sort of, you know, insanity of the instant gratification is, is uh, for a puppy, it seems quite extraordinary right now. Yeah, and, and of course, what we're seeing at the moment, and it's been highlighted, and it's something I, I'm working on as well, is, of course, dog thefts, which is a huge a, a massive problem but you know i think it's up something like a hundred and seventy percent in london and i'm actually warning people i'm being warned by people in the dog industry and dog walkers i know when people look after dogs are saying yes we've we know who these people are yes we've seen them people yeah. are being attacked for their dogs um they're being taken off to puppy farms to be bred um yeah. because of the demand um there's there's <laughs> And, yet, and, I, and I hate to say this, there is really one simple, going back to the basics of how you remedy a problem, is going back to the ground roots of its demand. Yeah. So when people are paying, willing to pay two or three thousand pounds for a dog of a certain breed, because it is a designer dog or a dog that they want to put on Instagram or they feel that, you know, it, that's their, it's a, another equivalent of a, flash car or a nice handbag and they have to have a certain breed that's the problem that is the core of the problem if you if, if people say no we're not going to have a design we're not going to have a designer dog we are going to rehome dogs now then it cuts demand and th and, and there won't there won't be that industry of people paying two or three thousand pounds so the demand will drop and the thefts will drop that's that that's it, it, it how we can how do we do that i mean because we 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 know there are you know thousands hundreds of thousands of dogs out there that we can supply people that battersea dogs trust every shelter in the country can supply so how how do we persuade people to actually not go for that designer breed that's probably come from a puppy mill that probably won't be very healthy because we all know that the innate issues with health of certain breeds especially coming from you know not the best breeders should i say i mean how, how, what what do we do how do we educate people to actually stop and think and save a life and not spend i mean i've heard that people are spending like eight thousand pounds on french bulldogs yep. you know we get and also you know what i find really frustrating is that we all strive to be different in everything that we do the way we look the way we dress you know the car we drive the way we decorate our house we all strive to be different everyone wants the same bloody dog you know you get to the park and all you like you say you're seeing puppies all i see are cockapoos and dachshunds and yeah. you know these and french bulldogs so and everyone everyone wants the same dog and and it's very easy to get so yeah, I, I how, how do we change this nikki i think being the um you know, the person you are, you do strive to be different. And, and I think I probably do the same. I've got a nasty habit of what I, everyone else is doing, I don't do, and I do the complete opposite. And I call it a nasty habit because I think I take it a little bit. It's a fabulous habit. <laughs> um, but, I, but, I, but I think there's, all, there's always the um, element of safety in numbers and people are safe um, doing the same things as everyone else. They're, they're accepted. It's tribal. It's, it's you know, you could, you could go back, hundreds of thousands of years probably and that's our safety is in numbers anyone who is different anyone who doesn't um isn't the same as everyone is they're they're, they're seen as an enemy or they're seen as a danger so of course everyone slowly and slowly i think individuality is 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 going and it's it's now the acceptance have the same watch the same bag the same clothing the same car the same dog and I think that's that's one of the biggest problems. You are accepted to have these dogs. We, you know, that that is the thing. Is you know, it's, I ha I have to have my um, you know, Dutch and or French bulldog or cockapoo or you know all all the different I, I, all the different poos. I should say the, the cockapoos <laughs> and the cavapoos. I, I, I lose I lose track of there them. There are quite a few of them. Yeah. yeah. And I doggles and puggles and yeah. all those. I mean, and why do we need any more? different we've got enough dog dog breeds as it is that well, you know i mean that, that that's what i try that's what i try and get across with um you have the stereotypical views of, of you know dealing with sort of re you know uh, rehoming dogs and battersea for a start you know the, the first view people is is oh well, you've only got staffers you've only got mm. that's it and i said right well let me tell you i've 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 um 
fostered six dogs in my time where I rehomed one. Two of those were staffers. Those staffers were probably the two of the greatest dogs I've had. And they're absolutely astounding. Amazing um, But the other four dogs, I've had Labradors, I've had French Bulldogs, I've had Dora, and I've had a Pug. And yeah. so where, where are you getting this from that they are all... It's, 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 I think it makes them feel better, Nikki, to say, oh, you've only got... You've, we, we didn't look because we only know you have staffers. And that's just basically not the truth. And Dora, this, so is, this is why we do i think we do so much we try and use social media and we try and use our profiles to say look you know the, these the dogs that you can get that, that need homing are not all staffers and staffers are a great dog anyway but you can find what you're looking for yes you have to be patient and yes you might have to be on a list for a few months or a while before that dog comes in but you are doing so so much good by rehoming that dog that you said you don't do you need that instant gratification off that dog um, I think, I think yeah, that's the, that's that's the sort of biggest issue right now. And you know, and and I again, I completely hear you. As you know, I've, I've had always had a dog from Battersea, obviously until I, you know, set up the foundation. There are so many different types of dogs still there. But again, there was a alarming statistic not last Christmas, but the Christmas before, that 75% of dogs in Battersea and places like the Dogs Trust are designer dogs mm. because that, I hate that term, but, you know, everyone will know what I'm talking about, yeah. is that 75% of those dogs in, in these rescues uh, here are these dogs that have been purchased for someone as a gift. Worst thing you can do, ever buy someone a dog. So please don't do that. But people do that constantly. And, and then they end up in these shelters. So if you are looking for a certain breed of dog, mm -hmm. then there will be these dogs available. And, uh, and I suggest probably for a quarter of the price because the rehoming fee at Battersea and well, a rehoming fee, whatever the, well, I think it's 170 pounds, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So please look, um, in your shelters, I mean the, the the stat there is is that the operations that Battersea, obviously you know Battersea, the what I love about Battersea is that they say um, unlike other charity, unlike other dog charities, that we will never turn a dog away. Mm. Um, and I think that's an, that's an important thing. Um, and I I love that about Battersea, and you wouldn't believe the the amount of money that Battersea spend on rehabilitating dogs in yeah. operations. And I think I was speaking to the head vet there and they said a couple of years ago, they would maybe do two or three operations on French Bulldogs with their breathing because of the way they've been bred. Um, and it obviously wasn't uh, last year, but the year before, because I didn't see them last year. I think that that number was something like, they're now doing a you know, hundred operations that year from French Bulldogs in Battersea. So wow. it, was, it was a staggering number. Um, so people buying dogs, the, you know, the French Bulldogs they like, they've been bred incorrectly they don't want to pay for the operation so they gift them to battersea and then battersea of course um have the costing it costs them you know, have a lot of money to do all the operations and they get rehomed but i, I don't suppose Nikki, I, don't, I don't want to scare among the people here and i don't ever want to think if people um have decided that dogs you know the dog that they've got is not for them that they um shouldn't you know so they, they should be scared to give up their dog i think it's there's a there's a good honesty there to say it's not for us, yeah. and we have to find this best home. I think the other what we have to say here is, is don't sell it on Gumtree. Don't don't try and sell it online, of course. So take it to Battersea, take it to the Dogs Trust. They're they're they've got you know skeleton staff, but they are still taking all their dogs in. And Battersea and Dogs Trust and all these wonderful charities will look after them, and we will find them a great home. So yeah. don't, don't don't feel bad about it. You know, and, and a story, Nikki, that I can tell people is that one of the dogs that I fostered, um, and I called her Bumble, she was an eight-month-old lab. And she just came to me because, because um, um, Batsy just wanted me to, um, to, uh, to sort of analyse her behaviour, and we wanted to test her in the city and in the countryside um, with my mum and dad. So she stayed with my mum and dad for a while. She stayed with us. Um, and I couldn't let her go. 
she was my absolute little companion. I, I wrote about, I wrote an article about it, I think in Vogue. But I, I you know, I decided to rehome her. Oh, I said to Batsy, I'm going to keep her a bit longer, and I, I'm looking to rehome her. She was the cleverest dog, Nikki, I've ever come across. You know, mm-hmm. there was I, I would give her her, you know, her little the little games for dogs to do to keep her entertained whilst I wasn't there. She would work out those games before I left <laughs> the front door. She worked out how to open the kitchen. Before anyone else could, yeah. So, and I, I then was making this heart, sort of wrenching, it was heart wrenching to me, decision that she was probably a little bit too special. And, the, and you know, I say it's special, not as in she was a very special dog, very clever for, to be in London with me. She needed to be uh, trained. She needed to be trained as a working dog. She needed to be had these incredible um, senses, of, you know, and and um, that that w- were just useless in London. And she was bored, and I could see it. And I had to make. And I said to Batsy, "Unfortunately, I just I I don't think I can give her the best life I can, you know, that she deserves. And that I think I'm gonna have to give her up." So we found her a lovely home uh, with a with a family um, in 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 uh, Hertfordshire. And we had her trained up in a working school before. She got her gold award because she was incredibly clever um, as, as a working dog. And she lives with them happily ever since. It's a good example of where I thought I was ready for this a certain type of dog. And I had to admit to myself and I had to admit to Battersea, even though I'm a master, I got it wrong. Yeah. That's it. You know, but, but it's not, it wasn't about me. It was about the animal. Yes. And that, that's the most important thing. And I think that that's why you are... The person you are because you, you know the, this extraordinary person who is so dedicated to everything that you're so passionate about just animals and children and you know knowing the find her another home and to give her up which must have been heartbreaking because you know we we all have fostered dogs and all think you know yes we it's i mean that's why i ended up with six because you know i <laughs> i was so bad at giving them up but i've got a lot better because i i realize now that and probably a little bit like you you know i'll take the dogs that no one else wants whereas you know bumble obviously has made would find a great home and has made a great companion and would be good around children and as a and labradors are meant to be working dogs and we've again you know that's something else that we've taken away from all of these dogs in the world that you know they were all born with a purpose and we have taken that purpose away from them you know every single dog breed had a reason for being um and they no longer have because i think you know there are fewer working dogs needed in this country and you know no one takes terriers ratting anymore or whatever they were meant to be doing so so it is the, the bigger picture and you know again people need to learn when they're taking on a dog you know what what it actually needs and i think that's another for me an issue with with breeders that you know it it's i'm sorry to you know go down the not happy with breeder moment but you know it's very easy to get a dog from a breeder you know if you live in a studio flat in east london and you've got a six-month-old baby you could probably get an afghan hound this afternoon um or from a breeder whereas you know battersea you know as you know and we both know are extraordinarily scrupulous about where these dogs go to because these dogs only have one chance they have one chance at a perfect life and you know it's up to us to make sure they get that chance and so lucky bumble and of course you've now got the amazing dora who's changed your life yeah so dora as i've explained to you before we started recording nikki she's um my mum and dad have been um uh not shielding completely, but we've been very careful during the pandemic. They're, they're a lot older, a lot older, and a lot older than me. They're not. They're not old. But, uh, <laughs> they're, they're a little bit more vulnerable, should I say? So they're yeah. being sensibly very, very, um, uh, very careful. Um, but they are getting on now for a year without really travelling. But they live on. You know, they live together up in the countryside, in the middle of the countryside. Um, they've seen very little of us, very little of their grandchildren. So um, Dora is spending, um, even though they're, they're actually in our bubble, they're in our sort of um, childcare bubble, but we're still being very careful with them. So um, I take Dora, Dora kind of does a month or a month with us in London. 
and then she has a real respite in the um, in the countryside for my mum and dad. And my mum and dad love having her as company and uh, taking her for walks every day. And um, so she's going sort of between the two at the moment. And um, she's got a perfect life. She's got a very nice life. <laughs> with no worry or stress. <laughs> no, with uh, yeah, my mum got her around her. You know, getting cooking her fresh dinners every day and i mean it's ludicrous she's got a wrapped around her little finger does uh, dora want to come back to you or she prefer to stay with your parents <laughs> um she, she i think she likes the she, she's very much more relaxed around my mum and dad because she, she adapts to them she adapts to their lifestyle uh with me my lifestyle is a bit more uh, a bit busier she virtually comes everywhere with me and she knows that she gets her five mile walk in richmond park in the morning and then she gets another walk in the afternoon which people think I'm mad. You know, this is another thing where people go, but why are you taking that small dog for seven miles of walking? I said, well, because Dora, Dora is an active dog. You know, she's a, you know, she's a, she's a terrier at heart and she loves exploring. She, you know, and that's, that's, she loves sort of going to Richmond Park and, and that's what we do every day. But, but people literally do think I'm a little bit crazy some of that, that I walk the dog so much, but that's, I, I just think that's normality. It, well, it is normality. I mean, you know, I, uh, my dogs need a good few hours walk every day at least, and they get that. But that's also, I think, the joys of owning a dog as well. You know, we were talking about the benefits sort of mentally and emotionally and all of those things, but physically, but also, you know, to be able to be outside and some have you time just where you don't have to think about everything that's going on in your extraordinarily busy world is to, you know, also gives you time for you as well as bond bonding. Cause that's the other thing I always think about when people get a dog, they just get a dog walker. It's like, why do you get a dog walker? Cause the most joyous thing about having a dog is going for a walk with it. <laughs> Isn't it? It, 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 it absolutely is. Yeah. You're, you're, you're so true. And I'm, uh, you know, when when Dora Dora's been up to, up at mum and dad's for the last couple of weeks, and um, yes, for, I have to say for the first sort of few days, I go, oh, I don't have to, you know, I'm not walking today. That's quite nice. I can get on with something else. By the end of the week, I'm I've started running, and Steph's like, well, you hate running. I said, but I need, I need to get out. <laughs> I, I have, I'm not going on my daily walks every day, so now I'm running. You hate running. <laughs> eyes running but i've just got to get out for for as you said for time on your own for some thought for time yourself and that's what i get with dora you know I've been, and uh it's um the benefits of that is uh, uh, i just don't I, I don't think that people actually realize sort of mentally the benefits of it and of course you know people ask me about fitness um how many times do you go to the gym how much cardio do you do and i go none and they said, what do you mean? I said, I go to the gym. I don't do any cardio. And I said, I'm going to walk the dog seven miles a day. Mm. And I, I'm walking. Walking is one of the best exercises you can do. It you know, is. Another benefit, not just mentally, but physically. And it's, that is one of the greatest benefits. So, um, yeah, Dora has, has changed our lives. You know, she's um, Matilda absolutely adores her. She is incredible around Matilda. Um, Matilda misses her when she's not. She just uh, she she says Dora a lot. She she well she, every, every dog is Dora. You have to understand because I don't right. think Dora is Dora. Like she she calls them woof woofs, and then she goes big Dora, little Dora, big Dora, little Dora. Like, yes, big Dora. So yeah, she's uh, absolutely so so yeah. And 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 Dora is just has, is just incredible. But dogs are incredible around children. You know, I mean, I I, I with Barry, you know, a, a lovely Barry. Um, Barry. The, the dog jogger, you know, I mean, Bubbles, his Rottweiler, is, yeah. I've known you know, Bubbles since he was, you know, this big, um, and around, you know, sort of Barry's kids, and he's the softest thing I've ever seen around children. Dogs have this natural instinct to know that children and babies are very natural. And that's why Staffies were... Nanny dogs. They were nanny dogs. They they used yeah. to look after children. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they've only got the reputation that they have currently because of the people that own them. You know, again, sorry, labeling, not yeah. meaning to label people, but it's, you know, it's sadly true. And, you know, mentioning Barry, who I love and adore, who I know is a great, great friend of yours, and I'm fortunate enough to have met him. He, again, if you're thinking of adopting a pedigree dog, Barry is a great person to talk to because, yeah. you know, he finds dogs for people that are appropriate for their lifestyle. 
So Barry is um, on Instagram at the on the dog jogger, I think, isn't he? And also yeah. he's set up this amazing company at Westfield called Urban Mutt. So that if you do have a dog that, you know, you in the city and you want to go shopping at Westfield or you need to drop your dog off, to, you know, Barry is the most amazing person to either help you with your dog in finding the right dog for you, your family, your lifestyle, um, and from a responsible breeder. And he's set up this extraordinary company at westfield urban mutts which we love which we do love yeah and, and that's i mean that's a it's another one nikki i think we should uh, give barry a plug i think it's a, an incredible concept uh he's done for years for for many famous faces and, and mm. their dogs that when you know when people are we have busy lives so yes sometimes the dogs need to be sort of looked after and walked by other people and, and he is and you know sort of started the first um doggy daycare dog hotel in london which is beautiful i mean it's it's so considered i'd stay there <laughs> I, I would i really would yeah. stay there um yeah. when all this is over we'll have a night in this uh absolutely. i'd be very, very very happy there but yeah you know, and he looks after the grooming and the dieting and you know helps people train their puppies and behaviorists and everything else so barry's got everything covered there so that that's another thing where if people are thinking that their dog is uh I suppose if they got a dog in lockdown and they're thinking that it's a little bit too much, then then talk to Barry at Urban Mutts and um, I'm sure he can can ease the pressure a little bit if if that's um, any problems or just just to have some advice. I think is good as well. So, For sure, he's a, and he's a, such an amazing, lovely, passionate, dedicated man to his cause. So yeah, Barry Urban Mutts at Westfield, unbelievably brilliant. So. Have you, have you have you had dogs all your life? Did you grow up with dogs with your family? We all have. My grandparents had dogs. My mum and dad had dogs before me and my sister were born. And then we had our Kinchell Spaniel when I, I think I was uh, four, maybe a bit younger actually, um, Tilly. And then she she died. She, had to, she died when she was um, she was about eleven. And then we waited for a while, and then we realised we couldn't live without a dog. So then we we um, got another Kinchell Spaniel, who was my little buddy because I, I was sort of much older then so we sort of just did everything together but then I, I worked for an animal sanctuary I, I when I was about 14 15 I wasn't getting out of school particularly where I was bullied and wasn't enjoying school so I didn't have any friends on the weekends and so I thought well, I, well you know I, I love the company of dogs and I, so I went off mum used to drop me off at the animal sanctuary uh, I didn't know that yeah I, I started working on that and it's always been in my mind Nikki so as soon as I could work with um I suppose once my uh, sort of name was big enough to be able to help causes, um, then Battersea was my my sort of first calling, really, and um, always wanted to do that. So, and that's that's why I do the the charity stuff, and they're usually the smaller charities because you can make such a big difference with them. Yeah, and and they're very lucky to have you as our we because also what's so incredible is that you have an extraordinary platform to use for greater good. And I think, again, anyone listening to this who can use their platform to greater good, then it can change so much. It can, you know, educate, it can change the way people see by behaviors and, you know, be more considerate, thoughtful. We talk about kindness and compassion and empathy and all of those things that you as a person sort of imbue in your very being and that's what's so fabulous about you and, and what you do so thank you for everything you do for our world well there's there's a lot of good people and there's a lot of there's a lot of you know like yourselves and and you know that do uh, remarkable jobs for for people and uh, constantly selfless and I, I i i possibly don't think i do enough uh, i try and do as much as i can yeah, there is always a cliche with achievement for if you help one child, that's enough. If you help one dog, that's enough. But hopefully, yeah. we can we try and help so much more. But um, we try. Like I said earlier, you know, I think there's a, a you know a, um, a lot of people out there that want to help, but often there needs to be platforms like Wild at Heart for them to be able to help. Yes. And that's they they don't know how to how how to give back and help, and they want a platform. So this is why often I just use my my sort of status and, and branding and especially on social to, to get that, you know, sort of that awareness to people. I contacted you a few weeks ago, didn't I, about a, a lady contacted me and I'm not even sure where she, I think she was from India and said I wanted to donate a certain amount and I read what we yes. do, you do wild at heart and 
I want to donate the money. Yeah, and she did. I've got many bad things to say about social media, but that was one of the good things to, to come yeah. from it. And, and that, yes, and, that, that and she did. She did very kindly donate so so thank you and you know we we actually got a project in india with the shelter and i think at the time we were bringing a dog over so we had a conversation with her and at the time we were bringing this because uh, you know we have a remarkable rescues fund so that we bring dogs from all over the world that are very special needs and we brought over rocky from this fabulous shelter in, he's an amazing guy in Mumbai, where of course there's again, huge problems because the dogs are starving on the streets because no one's got out feeding them. And you know, it, it's a nightmare and there's curfews and obviously food, finding food and for people to actually allow to go out on the streets to feed the dogs. But anyway, this extraordinary shelter. And he had rescued this dog called Rocky who had been tied to the railway tracks and had his front legs ran over and so he only had legs to his elbow and uh, we brought him over here and so that again how gorgeous as a sort of full circle of that amazing woman contacting you who you put us her in touch with us and she helped us fund Rocky's rescue and over here and he's having prosthetic he's got an amazing home you know he looks like a kangaroo the way he sits up and so we're helping him with prosthetic legs and um you know he's just the the most extraordinary dog that was a wonderful thing so thank you again i, I didn't do anything there it was down to the, the lady in india who, who did that so nothing you know much not to do with me and i told you about the guy i was talking to in putney who was in afghanistan and um he had this gorgeous staffy but he had a coat of arms on his coat that's his coat and I, I i had to ask about it and he said oh i was i'm for you know formerly from the forces and i was talking to him about style for soldiers and what we do there's another charity and he was said i said oh, so what's the story with the dog with the coat of arms he said i used to be in the forces and in, in afghanistan we we thought we saw children being trained into throw grenades so we all headed over and actually they were throwing a dog over a cliff uh, then going to pick it up again and rethrow it. And it turned out to be so. They grabbed the dog, who actually wasn't too badly injured. They took it back to the barracks. Um, apparently, they got an absolute rollicking for, um, from their sergeant for bringing the dog back, but they kept the dog. So they said, so he said, release the dog. And the dog no. said, well, they, they, they did have to, they obeyed orders. But then the dog just stayed outside the barracks, and every time they went outside in, in vehicles, they were, he would chase the vehicles. So the sergeant major said, "Right, well, okay, this isn't safe. So bring the dog back in, and uh, we're going to have to kill it." And apparently, <laughs> the special forces and all the other guys said, "Absolutely not." Oh, no. <laughs> so they, they all clubbed together and paid for the dog to come home, and that was the dog that I'm seeing in Putney at the moment, Amazing. around this. And he's a little staffy, and not a little staffy, he's a big one, but. Um, Stories like that, just just how how can you how how can you fail to you know be sort of taken back and by something like that? That's that's just the kindness of people. Yeah, uh, I think, it's, and we do. I have to say, Nikki, you know, I, I think there's a reason you you do so wonderful jobs of bringing your dogs back to the UK. Um, we are an incredible nation of animal lovers and dog lovers. Yes, we, we can we, we can criticise a little bit where we can do better. Everyone can do better, and I think we're going through a bit of a funny. Obviously, there's a very tight, you know, funny time period at the moment, and uh, I'm not sure if people are quite thinking straight. But um, so, I, I think we can sort of forgive a little bit. However, as a whole, we are an incredible nation of, of animal lovers and dog lovers, and we do. An we are. You know, we are an incredible nation compared to compared to other nations, compared to most nations, to be honest. Yes, it is quite hard, I think, to to think, and I think you know, I, I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw a stray dog on our streets in this country and and Battersea have done and that's why you know I have so much respect for them because they have over the years changed the face of the way we treat animals in this country for sure yeah. you know that that's categorically the, I think the the core of the extraordinary work that that Battersea does you know we don't see a stray dog on our streets we're aware of spaying and neutering our dogs we're aware of you know how to treat our dogs in, in on every level and but we are a rarity and it's, it's Gandhi who said you know you judge a nation by how it 
treats its animals and is often very hard when you and I have seen what happens across the rest of the world and you've just talked about Afghanistan, I've talked about India, you know, we work in Bahrain and Thailand and Lebanon and across all of Europe. And, you know, it's very, very hard to think of another country. Holland is quite good because I think they have the um, highest per capita of rehomed dogs in the world almost so most of their dogs are rehomed yeah uh, rescued but it is quite hard to think of another nation that you know doesn't have issues with cruelty and and of course a lot of it is a lack of education you know having worked out in puerto rico so often where we've done our spaying and nutrient on sort of mass sterilization clinics you know it it is a lack of education people don't know that it's not okay to keep their dog chained up in full sunshine with no water and you know a dog, a dog is an own dog is a completely different beast in most countries as well as then of course we've got the lack of sterilization and education so you know and I think that's that's what we as the foundation strive is to the rehoming of course is is amazing and we're very grateful to everyone that considers adopting a rescue dog and a rescue dog from abroad and of course they haven't got the benefit of going to sea but you know we have to educate people on how to you know be kind and compassionate and how to treat their animals and you know and also the whole sterilization thing because as we know we we have a world full of stray dogs which would you know be great if there weren't if everyone adopted a stray dog we wouldn't need it and, that, and that, you, you, you always always have to appreciate the different cultural differences as well of course yeah it's a ma- it's a massive cultural difference and as i say it's it's not you know somewhere like puerto rico for example you know that it's not abuse it's not intended abuse it's just a that's what they do with a dog you know that their dog is chained up it's let off in the evening it's not castrated and therefore they have a 500,000 stray dog population and it, it's not it isn't from abuse it is just a lack of education and and that's the issue with, I mean there is clearly a lot of abuse in a lot of countries you know with certain types of dogs but you know which we won't go into but you know we need to we need to educate people globally and um, and you know hopefully things will change so even here so going back to dogs being stolen and the pup you know it's it's dogs can't be used if they're neutered for puppy farming yeah another solution there if you if you neuter dogs they won't steal them they, they, they may not know that's the unfortunate thing they may not know which dogs but if there is a and i think we're very good at this country neutering dogs anyway but i i had run into a couple of people who said oh no we're we're not neutering our dogs and because we've read on online that it's cruel and it causes cancer in later life for the dogs and all these rumors those completely the opposite bizarre, bizarre <laughs> rumors um so yes that's that's the other side to it but you know it's, it's another solution to the problem we are having at the moment yeah maybe we need to get coats made saying i have no balls <laughs> or something i don't know <laughs> don't steal me i have no balls i'm useless <laughs> <laughs> i like that one so that's, that's, yeah. that's a good one yeah no I, balls yeah, I could probably give that to quite a few people. I know. <laughs> so, with just going back to quickly to Dora before we, yeah, you know, wrap up. I mean, if Dora was a person, who do we think Dora would be, and what what would Dora sound like? Do you think? God, I'm not sure. To, I mean, she's a. She, you know, I always say I, I I always do voices for my dogs, and I always have. And for some reason, um, Dora being a we got you know she's a a Yorkshire Terrier and Collie cross and different things so um she's a proper mongrel but um and and steph my partner is and all her family are from lancashire and yorkshire um so her being yorkshire i always give her a broad yorkshire accent for some reason <laughs> well, dora. With, yeah dora and she just doesn't suit what tell you steph has got a broad yorkshire accent but i do <laughs> give her a broad yorkshire accent sometimes so um I don't, I don't know why it doesn't really suit her but um yeah she's uh a person, I'm not sure. There's, there's a, there's a real sort of because she's such a mix of breeds. But she, she's a real sort of eloquent little dog. I know, she's beautiful. But what I love about her actually is, is she's not at all. She's a terrier. You know, yeah. she, she, she loves the countryside. She will just be out. You know, I've, I've had to force her in from the garden 
you know, she, she will sit out in the garden just waiting for something, a, a bird or a squirrel or something, until, you know, it's freezing cold and there she is. And I'm like, Dora, come in. They're like, you're lying on the freezing cold grass. And um, that's, that's the way she loves it. So uh, that's an individual dog. So she, she's, a, as, as I call her, she, she's a, as with, with lots of terriers, she's a, she's a proper little dog. Yeah. She's a big dog and a small dog, I always say. And well, she is very special. I have had the privilege of meeting Dora on a number of occasions. So I think when I first got, when you first got her, I remember we, we met at the pub in Fulham. Yeah. And when you just got her, and I remember she was smaller. Well, she, she is small enough still to hug, isn't she? But she was just a little pup that, uh, when, when you got her, yeah, beautiful girl, and how nice for Matilda to grow up with her too. No, absolutely. I, I'm a big believer in dogs growing up with um, children, dogs growing up together. I think great, great companionship as as, as I had, but um, I think we we're stating for that there might be a time of maybe another dog. Yeah, um, but, uh, we can find you another dog. <laughs> talk, talking to Battersea, and I, I you know, I, I, I think that uh, unfortunately there will be a lot of dogs gifted to Battersea, and will probably be involved in, in helping to rehome dogs. And I think I can hopefully provide a, a good home for a dog and some some company. But um, so we'll see. Or, or of course, we're always here to find your dog too, if you'd like one. Well, I know, I know, I, 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 know, I, I keep meaning. We, I said it to you last year, didn't you? We didn't get the chance of me coming on. I know. Coming on one of your trips and to help out, and I would love to do that. I'm not sure if I could, I could be as strong as you. I mean, I was listening to the podcast with uh, Peter Egan the other day, and he was talking about China and um, yeah, uh, the, the dog meats, and, and and he said he was affected by it. I honestly don't know how I would handle seeing something like that. I'm 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 not quite sure. So um, well, we could start off with Bulgaria and move to South yeah. Korea if you like. This <laughs> last yeah. just before lockdown, I was going. I was meant to be going out to South Korea to close down a dog meat farm, and I was terrified. But at the same time, I feel it's something I I have to do and I have to see. I don't know why. You know, it's why I make myself watch all these sort of documentaries and films that you know, conspiracy, earthlings, what the hell, rotten, all of those things. Yeah. But it, the interesting thing is that. You know, when I've been out to Puerto Rico and I, again, was so anxious about going out there the first time that we were actually doing our first clinic and knowing what I was going to see, because I'd been to Puerto Rico, you know, a few times before to set up a small shelter there for us. You actually do get through all the horrors that you see yeah. at the time. And as Peter said, and I've not witnessed anything as extreme as Peter going to his sort of, you know, the, the wildlife markets that we know sadly exist in abundance every day. But I have seen some pretty awful things in various places that I've visited. And I think the thing is, at the time, you're able to do something about it. I think for me, it's when I get on a plane and I leave, that is when I literally have a meltdown, you know, with an air hostess coming up and saying, are you all right? <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm fine. Because you, you, you realise then who is going to pick up that dog on the street that's just been run over? You know, no one. Well, someone, hopefully. But, you know, who is going to pick up that litter of puppies and take them to a shelter and get them off the island or whatever? But, you know, as you say, we can only do what we can. But, yes, it would be great. We we were meant to be going to South, I was going to South Korea and then we had, we were going out to Bahrain and Bethlehem and Bulgaria. And of course, obviously all our trips and things have ceased for the moment, but as you quite rightly said earlier, life will resume to normal and um, we'll get you on an amazing trip, please. It would be fantastic. It's, it's another thing, you know, you, you, you're correct there is actually, because people say to me, oh, how, how do you, when I go and visit Battersea, um, I've seen some, horrendous things about it. Nothing like you or Peter have witnessed, but I feel like I, I have to witness it to see what, because I've been very insular with very much dealing with uh, rehoming dogs in the UK. So I need to see, obviously I'm an ambassador for Wild at Heart and I need to see that. I think it's going to be, it's going to affect me, but I, but I, but I need to, it's something I, I you know, I need to do. Um, and with Bassey, people go, how, how, you know, we, we, we couldn't go to Bassey because we would want to rehome all the dogs and we would feel so sorry for them. And I say, you never feel that in Battersea. It, it, yeah. It's strange. You see the dogs. So um, it's not a sad place to be. It's not a sad place to, to you know, it's not a sad environment to be around whatsoever. 
Um, of course, you could always wish you could. I, I come out of Battersea and always go home to Steph and go, I, I think we'll, we can have about three dogs and there are the dogs and Steph has to rein me in a bit. But, but you're right. I mean, it's sort of, you know, the dogs in Battersea are so fortunate and they will get amazing homes. And, you know, that's that's why I think that I'm able to go and do and witness and see the things that we see because I can do something about it. And, you know, so many people, as we both know, you know, when you start to talk about, you know, the conversation with, with Peter, you know, and, you know, I, I, I know what he saw because I've had a, an in-depth conversation with him and what he witnessed and, you know, it's it, most people do just do that thing where they put their hands over their ears and say, I don't want to know because and the same with with lots of, you know, whether it's, you know, the, the dairy industry or the meat industry. It's all right. I don't want to know. And, you know, but the meat trade is extraordinary. But the way a lot of dogs are treated across the world is appalling. And we need we need to change that. And with the help of you and amazing shelters like like Battersea and education, then, you know, that's the only way we can help make a difference in our world to create a more compassionate and kind world. One step at a time. We'll get there. Thank you so much, David, for you and your time Thank today. Thank you, Nikki, always. That's our show for today and the last one in this series. If you liked today's show, please subscribe and rate us on wherever you get your podcasts. It does help other dog lovers to find us. Dog Bless You was produced by Mike Hansen for Pod People Productions and presented by me, Nikki Tibbles. Theme music by Mike Hansen. And if you want to join or contribute to the Wild at Heart Foundation, please go to wilderheartfoundation.org. Thank you so much and see you soon.